the gladiator mentality and people look at us like, oh, okay, really? Right, yeah, really. All right, let's do this Diamond Envy podcast brought to you by Cavens Construction, 405-573-3048. I'm your host, Tyler McComas. And please, if you haven't already, please like and subscribe to the podcast. really helps out with things. Am I crazy if I say the win over Tulsa on Wednesday night is my favorite win of the season so far? And not just because it was the first game I've attended this year. Thank you to loyal listener Jack Talley, by the way. Also, thank you to the crazy fans in the left field bleachers. No big deal, but we won free queso section of the game. It was uh, wild out there in the left field general admission uh, bleachers. It was a lot of fun. But it, it's funny. I mean, one of the, the many things that you want to see when you attend an OU softball game, at least I'm talking about myself here, is home runs, right? You know, when Jocelyn Allo strolls to the plate, you know, everyone stops. Everyone stops talking and, and watches. Same thing with Really, every other hitter in the lineup up to this point, from Kinsey Hansen all the way down to Alyssa Brito. I mean, everyone has long ball potential. It's fun to watch this team uh, hit home runs at the pace that they do. But no home runs were hit against TU on Wednesday night. And in fact, no balls really even came close to leaving the park. But OU didn't need it. And they still run rule Tulsa 9-0 in five innings. I love that win because it didn't look like any of the others, especially the run rules. And you'll hear Macy Wilson Turley talk about how the 2000 National Championship team didn't rely on the long ball for wins. It was, dare I say, an old school win for OU this week. And no, I'm not calling Macy old school, but it was timely hitting. It was two out hits. It was Allo getting down a squeeze bunt to get a run in. It was beautiful. Which, by the way, that at-bat says everything about Jossie. Not only is she the team player that will do that against a lesser opponent, but she'll also get the bunt down and get the job done. You know, that's pretty rare these days for a power hitter and someone that's not asked to do that a whole lot. So, I mean, that didn't surprise us that Jossie handled it that way, but still um, impressive that she did. But Patty sounded pretty happy with the way the offense performed against TU. And I think because she knows when this team gets into the postseason, they they might have to win games that way. You know, especially if you face a Montana Fouts, a Gabby Plain, whoever else you consider to be, you know, some of the top pitchers in all of college softball. You know, maybe if you're facing Montana Fouts in Oklahoma City, maybe you can't count on hitting three home runs. I mean, she's pretty good. You might have to find a way to manufacture runs like you did on Wednesday nights. So it was good that everyone in the lineup was able to do just that. And I'm going to tell you right now, that win is going to serve them well. It wasn't just another throwaway win. No, this team took advantage of an opportunity and put together a really nice performance. And I got to say this, I can't say enough about the environment at Marita Hines Field. 
so incredible. I mean, it's a Wednesday night, and it's sold out, and it's packed. My wife and I had a blast, and you know, one of the things that really caught my eye is something that I didn't notice after the game. I, I didn't see it until I logged on to social media the next day. And, and maybe this is more common than I realize, especially at OU home games, but the entire team was signing autographs after the game. It's incredible. No wonder so many people love this team. They make themselves available and then thank people who show up to the things. You know, there's several programs out there that could learn from that. Just saying. The the fact that this program makes itself so available to the fans, thanks to the fans, I, I think that that's really, really cool. All right, let's get to our interview this week. She's been a guest before. She is amazing. She's DJ Mathis Sanchez, former OU pitcher, and now an OU softball color analyst. You can hear her on the radio broadcast. She was on the TV broadcast earlier this week. Let's get to DJ and her thoughts on the team. I love talking OU softball with this guest, DJ Sanchez. She's appeared on Diamond Envy before, and I think it's our most downloaded episode up to this point. She was on the TV. I know, DJ, crazy. You were on the uh, TV broadcast last night of the OU Tulsa game. A, a Another run rule win, 9 nothing over the Golden Hurricane. But, DJ, that was kind of a different win than we've seen previously. A run rule win without any home runs. What did you think of the style of the win last night, especially offensively? Is it wrong for me to say that I love it? I mean, <laughs> no, it's having not. the run roll, I mean, run roll win without any home runs, I mean, that's big time. It just shows the depth of this team. And we saw Jocelyn Allo squeeze bunt, for goodness sake. And the short game, the stealing bases, the hit and runs, the bunting with runners on third, it, it almost looks like OU was working on things in live game situations. It was really awesome to see. Do you think, did that have anything to do with the, the wind blowing in as it was? Or do you think, you know, we've heard Patty say, we've got to be better base running. Can't make simple base running mistakes. Got to be better with runners in scoring position. Do you think it was more about the elements or just kind of what you're saying is they, they've got to get better in some areas at the plate still? You know, I think it was a combination of both. Um, coach Gasso, I mean, obviously, being the coach that she is, the wind was coming in, I think, over 30 miles an hour at one point yesterday. Getting something to leave the yard yesterday was going to be tough. You had to use the ground, and they did that through and through. But also, seeing this team go out yesterday and show that they're not just all of this power and as this thing gets deeper into Big 12, deeper into postseason, what we saw last night, you're going to have to play the game. And we saw them do that by hitting ground balls to the opposite side of the field, laying down bunts when they needed to. We saw some really great base running. And, I mean, that's, that's what's going to get this team deep into the tournament. DJ Sanchez, former OU pitcher, is our guest. I want to talk a little Jordy Ball because when she's dominating early on this year, you're saying to yourself, she's ready now, but she is going to get better as a true freshman as the year goes on. First off, has she gotten better since maybe that UCLA outing in the first weekend of the season? And if so, where have you seen areas where Jordy Ball is is better than where she was? 
you know, that feeling for Jordy Ball, at this point, it feels like it's infinite. Um, what she's done as a freshman thus far and everything that she's doing, she looks confident. She hits her spots. We, it's very rarely we see her miss a spot. And usually that's kind of an MO for a freshman. You know, it's, I, I threw a really good game, but I missed one spot and gave up a bomb. She doesn't do that. And I really feel like the biggest transition for her was going to be going into this three-game set in the Big 12. And I'm interested to see how it gets played. Um, having Nicole May doing what she's doing and Hope Troutwine throwing the way that the entire staff is throwing, we may not have to see Jordy Ball for all 21 innings or 14 innings or, or 15, the way the team hits the ball. But it's um, she just looks like she's coming into her own. And the confidence I feel like she's had since day one, but it's it's a different type of, of, of approach. Um, and you can just see it in the way that she she doesn't just hit a spot. She's hitting a very precise spot with her pitches. What do you think her true ceiling is? Like, how quickly can she be, you know, thought as the best pitcher in college softball? I mean, if she's not already. No, it's it's hard right now to say that she's not. And there are some really tremendous arms out there right now. I mean, we got Montana Fouts from Alabama, who is great, and I think she's up there with some of these some of these names that have been in college softball for a couple of years as a freshman. Um, you know, we talk about what that ceiling is and what that ceiling looks like. As good as she is right now, that's not that's not going to be enough. It's not going to be enough for Jordy Ball. It's not going to be enough for Coach Rocha. It's, it's going to continue to be a progression. And as good as she is on the outside and everything that she's doing, um, you know, I really think that it's going just to continue to be a progression, even – as a sophomore, and I say as a sophomore, even in, even into the end of May, um, we're going to see her continue to make adjustments and get better. But um, when you're putting up numbers like that, sometimes adjustment isn't the word you always hear. But as a freshman and as a pitcher just in general, it doesn't matter if you're a freshman or a senior, adjustment is the name of the game, and getting better is always what your goal is. Sub one ERA for the entire pitching staff. That's because of Jordy Ball. That's because of outings like Nicole May had last night. But it's also because of Hope Troutwine. And I had a take in the previous episode of the Diamond Envy podcast that, you know, she leads the country right now in ERA. I think she's like a .13. But I don't feel like Hope Troutwine gets the credit she deserves. I, I feel like statistically it says that she needs to be mentioned with Montana Fouts with Gabby Plain, with Jordy Ball. And maybe she's not as flashy as those other three pitchers, but I don't need flashy, DJ. I just need to get outs, and that's what she's doing. Am I overreacting to that take? Like, should she be mentioned in that group, or do we still need to see a little bit more from Hope for her to be considered, you know, one of the top three, four pitchers in in all the game this year? You know, and I think, it's hard to say no. I mean, when you have a .13 ERA, I, I had the opportunity to see her live a couple weeks ago, and it's it's just that she keeps hitters off balance. I think you walk away from facing Hope Troutwine and go, why didn't we get a hit? And that's one of the worst and most defeating feelings ever as, as an offense. And 
she just does such a good job of throwing pitchers' pitches. And, I mean, I think it's tough to keep anyone in this staff out of that conversation. I mean, part of the reason we've seen all of these run rule wins by OU is because this pitching staff is shutting people out. They're not just winning games. They're shutting people out. You know, DJ, I, I can't imagine how many times you've gotten this question, especially being on the radio and in, in, in the TV call is, well, come on, DJ, they're great, but last year they suffered a loss and it was the best thing for this team. They got on a roll and started playing their best softball. When people ask you that question, if this team needs a loss or not before the postseason, how do, how do you respond to that? As a, the coach in me says no one ever needs a loss. The pitcher in me says no one ever needs a loss. Um, but... You know, I think it's tough to say they need a loss. What they need is they need to be challenged. And we've seen that. I mean, they they played a close game with Baylor a couple of weeks ago. We saw a tough, hard-fought game against UAB just over the weekend. This team needs to continue to be challenged. And part of that is by the opponent, but part of that is within. And this team not getting complacent and not sitting stagnant. And I think we've seen them do that. And when it's time to make adjustments, they have. Um, you know, I don't know if the competitor in me can say they need to take a loss. Um, <laughs> but sometimes that is the best thing for a team. But I, I'm still going to stand by. It's just going to come from within for this team. I mean, this is a team that's coming off of a national championship. They don't – winning is the expectation and winning is the standard. So um, it's, it's winning but still knowing – that even in a, and I hate to say this, but even in a run rule win, what are the adjustments that needed to be made? Because needed to be made because sometimes there are some. Sure. Yeah. Well, you, you got a road trip to, to Lubbock this weekend. Then you're in Austin to take on Texas, I believe, the weekend after. Oklahoma State's the highest ranked team that you have left, but you get them at home. Is it just as easy to say that OSU is the is the toughest roadblock to an undefeated regular season? Or do you think some of these road trips coming up will offer you know more of a, a, a tough ta- challenge? You know, it's, it's, you never want to look overlook anyone. I mean, Lubbock is always a tough trip. Um, it's, it's tough getting there and being in Lubbock. I mean, it's just it's the entire experience of playing at Texas Tech that makes that challenging at times. Um, you can never underestimate a Red River shootout, and especially being in Austin. Um, you know, Texas has dropped some games here and there to some games that we, I think, expected not to see them drop. But being in Austin, I think that makes that series interesting. Um, you know, but this Bedlam series, I think, is is the most talked about series coming up in college softball, and there are going to be a ton of people tuning into that um, to see – not just the rivalry, but Oklahoma State is playing good softball, great softball, and it's it's going to be a fun weekend, so I'm really looking forward to it. You know, I was pretty convinced a month ago, DJ, that OU's main challengers for the national championship were Florida, Florida State, and Alabama. And, and I made the mistake. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that there was turnover on the roster at UCLA after last year, but still, UCLA is one of those programs that you never count out. Virginia Tech um, is having a really, really good year. Who do you kind of consider right now as the main two, three, four 
challengers for OU in, in Oklahoma City to win another national championship? You know, my mind immediately goes to Alabama. Um, I have such huge respect for Coach Murphy, and he always gets his teams to show up um, and just the culture that he's built there. Um, you can never count that pitching staff out and what they what they do. I, I truly feel like an Alabama is up there. Um, it's tough to count out UCLA or Florida, but – when I think of it and I think the one team, my mind automatically goes to Alabama. Yeah, especially last year maybe coming up, not not being uh, going as deep in the tournament as they want, a little bit of right. a redemption for Bama this year. I think that's a factor. Hey, DJ, last question I have for you. And going back to the Baylor game a couple weekends ago, this wasn't the first time that this has happened for an OU softball team. In fact, I feel like I see it multiple times throughout a year. They're down in the bottom of the seventh inning. And they could just easily roll over and say, well, you know, it just wasn't our day. But it just seems so many times where if OU's down one in the bottom of the seventh or two in the bottom of the seventh, they come back and end up winning the game. They, they did that on a T.R.A. Jennings three-run home. They were down one nothing in the seventh. They didn't win two to one. They won three to one on a three-run home run. I remember a regional against Tulsa five, six years ago or so, where OU was down in extra innings, they come back and win, win the next day, and they don't lose again and win a national championship. Like, What is it about this program to where every time you think that they're down and out in a game, they're down in the bottom of the uh, the last inning, it seems like they're always coming through with clutch hits, clutch home runs, and winning a game that you thought that they were probably going to lose going into the seventh. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the expectation. And there is never an off day in the OU softball program. And it doesn't matter if it's in practice, in the weight room. It does not matter. And it's, there was always pressure being applied. So that's, that's the norm for this program. Um, playing under pressure and performing under pressure is, is how you're trained and how you're expected to train. And seeing it and, and then watching the Baylor game and being on the call for the Baylor game and watching the walk-off, not just in the seventh inning, but with two outs. I mean, yeah. it's, it's what makes this particular team, You it, it almost gives you pause and go, man, we knew they were good. But when you put the the mental factor into it as well of this team is not just going to back down and any person in this lineup can come up and win a ball game with one swing of the bat. It's, it just puts them on a different level than being a really, really good softball team. It puts them in that level of being um, one of the best teams I think we've ever seen. Yeah, totally agree. DJ, thank you so much for your time. I love listening to you on the radio and on TV as well. Continue to just do a great job, and uh, good luck the rest of the year. Thank you so much. Good stuff from DJ. She is a superstar, and what an asset for OU softball when it comes to color commentary on both the radio and TV broadcasts. want to remind you about Caven's Construction and the fact that Gary and the team literally do it all. Caven'sConstruction.com. Check them out. If you have emergency repairs, Caven's can help you out with that. Commercial maintenance, Caven's can help you out with that. Roofing needs, you guessed it. Cavens can help you out with that. Oklahoma City area, 405-573-3048. Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Appreciate Cavens Construction for their continued support of the Diamond Envy podcast. Also want to remind you about our newest sponsor, Amanda Sadler. 
functional sports medicine with In Motion in Norman. And she's out there to serve all of the women. Special interest, concussion management, uh, girls and women in sports. She, she really likes to help out girls and women in sports. Nutrient therapy, sports performance and optimization, specialty testing. Uh, Amanda Sadler can, can really help you out for an appointment, please call 405-515-4040. That's 405-515-4040. Check them out, inmotionok.com. They're located on Tecumseh in Norman. Happy to have Amanda Sadler on uh, the podcast as the newest sponsor. All right, so back to conference play for OU this weekend. Three games set in Lubbock to take on Texas Tech. OU is 25-1 and all-time in Lubbock. That's pretty good numbers there. Tech, I, I mean, they, they've been a good team in the past at times. I would not say this is one of the more impressive Texas Tech softball teams that we've seen. 19-16 and 16 on the year, 2-4 and four in conference. Uh, last weekend took two out of three from Kansas, but the weekend before that got swept by Oklahoma State. Tech's got a 264 team average that ranks seventh in the Big 12, 28 home runs on the year, pitching staff, 377 team ERA that ranks sixth in the Big 12, and a 965 fielding percentage, which ranks third in the conference. Like, conversely, looking at OU, they do lead the conference in team average. They do lead the conference in team ERA, second in fielding percentage. So, same story, different weekend, right? It's a team that you're much better than, but you are on the road. It's going to be very windy, as it seemingly always is in Lubbock, and you're going to get Tech's best shot. I mean, they're, they're going to fill up the park. They're going to be loud. Uh, maybe even a little bit vulgar as Tech fans are so often do or so often are. But can you go out for three consecutive games this weekend and look like the number one team in the country? This team is, I think, doing a better job of that here recently for sure. Um, but can you continue to do it on the road in what might be a hostile environment against a Tech team that you're much better than? Friday night, 5 o'clock first pitch. Saturday, 2 o'clock first pitch. And then Sunday for the finale will be a noon first pitch. So, I look, if I'm giving a prediction here, I would expect for OU's undefeated streak to still be intact when this team leaves Lubbock on Sunday. But there's been some close calls recently. Will they have another close call against Texas Tech? I Maybe. I, I think that OU is going to take care of business. I love the way that this team is pitching right now. I thought Nicole May was very good on Wednesday night. And, of course, Jordy Ball and Hope Troutwine continue to roll. But anytime you go on the road in a windy environment like it's going to be in Lubbock, I guess anything could happen. But hopefully this team can uh, continue to stay hot. Want to also remind you, since we are affiliated with the Ref Sports Radio Network in Norman, to download our free app. All you have to do, go in the App Store, search Sports Talk 1400, and you can get the best Sooner Sports Talk right at your fingertips, right on your cell phone. Right on your computer, right on your iPad, whatever you use, you can listen to us wherever you're at on the go. 6 a.m. all the way to 6 p.m. We have live programming every single weekday. And yes, we talk Sooners, and we definitely talk Sooner softball. I'm on from 2 to 6 in the afternoons. That's where you can catch me. But download the free Sports Talk 1400 app in the App Store 
and uh, check out the ref as we continue to cover OU better than anyone else in the market. All right, let's get to our much-anticipated stat of the week. Our buddy Terry uh, over there at the OU Softball Home Run Tracker Twitter account, he's got another crazy stat this week for OU Softball. Enjoy. And now, without further ado, the stat of the week. Brought to you by OU Home Run Tracker at Sooner Prices. The University of Oklahoma softball team has three pitchers who rank in the top 50 of the strikeout-to-walk ratio category. With 45 minimum innings pitched, Jordy Ball ranks number 15 with a 7.65 ratio. Hope Trotwine ranks number 17 with a 7.46 ratio. And Nicole May ranks 45th with a 5.42 strikeout-to-walk ratio. The same three pitchers also rank in the top 50 in the strikeouts per seven innings category. Also, with 45 minimum innings pitched, Hope Trotwine ranks fourth with 12.4 strikeouts per seven innings. Jordy Ball ranks eighth with 11.6 strikeouts per seven innings. And Nicole May ranks 49th with 9.3 strikeouts per seven innings. Good stuff as always from Terry, OU Softball Home Run Tracker Twitter account at Sooner Prices. And uh, I don't hear Terry's stat every week until he texts it to me when I'm putting the podcast together. So much like you, I hear it for the first time and I'm like, dang. Well, first, how did Terry find that out? But dang, that's an impressive stat. So uh, it's been really fun for Terry to get involved with Diamond Envy, and uh, he continues to give us some awesome, awesome stats every single week. All right, let's close things up with this today. Macy's Minute, Macy Wilson-Turley, 2000 National Champion. Now, this one is going to be a little bit heavier, a little bit heavier of a Macy's Minute than we've had before. Uh, Macy is going to share a tragic story about one of her ex-teammates, Nicole Myers, a former Sooner. She played from 1996 to 1999. Um, she was a t- softball teammate of Macy's, and this this is going to get heavy. And just like I told Macy in the beginning, I want you to say what's on your heart. W- whatever it is, whatever the topic is, whatever's on your heart, tell us. Tell us about it. So this is a little bit different of a Macy's Minutes but it's probably the most meaningful and impactful Macy's minutes that we've had up to this point. Here's what Macy has to say. Hey, Sooner Nation. This is Macy Wilson-Turley, member of the 2000 National Championship softball team. On April 8, 2017, one of my very best friends and former softball teammates of mine, Nicole Myers Nalepa, had to do what no parent should ever have to do. It was on April 6th that Nicole, her husband, and her daughter Kelsey were driving to a softball game of Kelsey's in League City, Texas. It was at this time that their family vehicle was rear-ended by a drunk driver. While they were initially stunned, they soon discovered that their daughter Kelsey was severely injured in the accident. After being rushed to the hospital and after numerous attempts to save her, they soon realized that they had to let Kelsey go. It was on April 7th that her 10-year-old brother, Kellen, sat next to her hospital bed. He held her hand, and he talked to her for the last time. He realized that he had lost his best friend, his forever friend, 
on that day. The pain of losing a child and a sibling is unfathomable. And on April 8th, Kelsey went home to be with Jesus. She was only eight years old. The Myers and the Nalepa family continue to grieve to this day and they will for the rest of their lives because of a selfish act of a drunk driver. It was a preventable accident. Guys, I beg you, do not drink and drive. You are not invincible. If you have been drinking, you are not okay to drive. With today's rideshare options like Uber and Lyft, there is no excuse. Get a ride. Save a life. For parents and siblings and sons and daughters, we beg you, don't do it. Kelsey's young life was cut short because of a preventable decision. Every year around this time, the Nalepa family hosts a 5K for for Kelsey. I encourage you, go follow 5K for Kelsey on Facebook. If you're in the League City area, go sign up. Go support them. All proceeds from this, this 5K benefit the Kelsey Nalepa Memorial Scholarship Fund to help high school athletes reach their college dreams. Fly high, Kelsey. We love you. We miss you so much. And until we meet again, this is Macy Wilson Turley, Boomer Sooner. All right, if you take anything away from this week's episode, please take that away. Uh, don't, don't take away my take about Wednesday night's win or even what Terry had to say about this current staff right now. Very, very meaningful Macy's Minute with Macy Wilson-Turley. And it's not easy sharing that. I, I know it wasn't easy for Macy to share that, but I really appreciate her doing so and showing support for a friend and a former Sooner teammate as well. All right, that'll do it for this week. Enjoy the softball. I do think OU sweeps Tech in Lubbock this weekend. Thanks to Terry Price of OU Softball Home Run Tracker for doing Stat of the Week. Thank you to Macy Wilson-Turley. Thank you to DJ Sanchez for coming on. That was an awesome interview as well. And a special shout-out to Cavens Construction, our sponsor, and Amanda Sadler of In Motion in Norman, a big sponsor as well. Till next week, we will see you. Enjoy the softball. I'm Tyler McComas. This is the Diamond Envy Podcast.